Hello and welcome to the 113th roundup of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu, I'm the founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, especially automation, paid media and my passion for doing digital reporting well through a tool that's already on everybody's laptop. Yes, that's right, it's Microsoft Excel. So if you want a free consultancy about what I can do for you in regards to paid media, implement scripts or just even cutting your spend on your data analysis tools, why don't you send me a message at hello at mindswan.com or get to me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram with the handle mindswanppc. So in this week's discussion, we have Corey Henk, who is our resident YouTube expert, lead us in a topic on, yeah, you guessed it, YouTube ads. Um, so yeah, he poses some great questions, which he also answers as well, which is really great about, about our experts who come in and the people who give the questions, uh, you know, they, they, they're giving questions to which they already have good answers for. So don't ever be worried if you do not have answers for them, which is always what I feel when I'm joining the chats. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely very interested. I've been, was very interested in this one, even though I was lurking um, because I'm not a YouTube expert, but I have proposed a video strategy for a brand that I'm about to start working with. So very keen on the answers here. But first, and for the third time running, a little quiz um, on our topic when did ads start on YouTube? Again, our question is, when did ads start on YouTube? So listen to the end to get the answer. So getting straight into our chat today, we've got Julie Bicini, um, you know, yeah, welcoming Corey saying today's, yeah, PPC chat will be led by Corey Hank, which is starting now. Um, and um, yeah, but before you started, Corey asked, how about a warm-up question? What is your favorite YouTube channel and why? Um, and if you want to mention an annoying ad on YouTube you've seen recently, that works as well. My favorite YouTube channel is um, this guy called Andy Guitar, because I was started learning to play the guitar. I um, um, I bought a guitar for a friend and um, yeah, he was like, yeah played, you know, you should learn to play the guitar, you know, and I was like, how, you know, how do you do that? Um, and yeah, there was loads of, there was loads of, there was loads of YouTube videos about it on how to play the guitar. But one, one that I did find very useful was this guy called just, and I'd forgotten his name, but the, if you search for Andy Guitar, he does like, oh, a one to 10, um, classes, one to 10 video, well, 10 videos of like 10 lessons to get to playing the guitar. And he uses an acoustic guitar. I've got an electric guitar and it really worked. And after like even four or five, um, lessons, I was finding myself playing Bill Withers, um, Ain't No Sunshine. I'm sure everybody knows that one, you know, Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone. Um, so yeah, love, love that. So check that channel out. Um, I can't think of, of, um, what is it? I can't think of a, an ad that has annoyed me recently, but I tend to skip loads of ads on YouTube, which I really shouldn't do if I'm about to start <laughs> using YouTube ads. Anyway, I ramble. Getting on to Corey's questions now. Um, he starts off with question one saying, what would be the advantages of testing video on YouTube versus Facebook? And he gives us his answer straight up saying the advantage, a user willing to watch for longer, skippable, cost per view at 30 seconds allows for more time to engage and convert before you pay, bit adjustments at the region and device level, earned views, organic engagement. Azim replies, happy to briefly join. Sorry, I can't catch the whole session. I would say intent, in my opinion, you're on YouTube to consume video content. So you'll have a better idea of how it's been engaged with. On Facebook, it's not the primary purpose of the platform for me. 
And yeah, and, and Corey goes, agree with that. Great answer. And then we've got um, Julia Weiss um, going, um, well, it's completely different audience targeting. Facebook is about sharing and engaging, while YouTube is generally longer form. I can see what people are watching when my ads show up on YouTube, while with Facebook, it's interest or like based. Um, and then, yeah, she continues on bigger buys. I've seen amplification, higher reach when you use both instead of just one. Um, and then we've got, um, yeah. Julie Bettini herself going, um, I'm curious about intent, though um, when it comes to ads on the two platforms, either way, it is still an ad interrupting what the user really wants. Um, and then, yeah, going on to, yeah, replying that answer, Julia Vice goes, that's most of my annoyance. If my Witcher videos were interrupted with game expansions or something related, fine. But a dove, but a dove commercial in this economy? <laughs> exactly. And Corey replies, um, I find the intent something I can dial in the best way with the bit type, um, cost per view or more or more reach or views, impressions, or lower intent versus max, max conversions and target CPA versus ROAS for higher intent. But agree, intent on either is an annoyance. Um, I'll read the answer again. He said, I find the intent something I can dial in best with the bit type, cost per view for more reach, views, impressions, lower intent versus max conversions and target CPA versus ROAS for higher intent, but agree intent on either is an annoyance. Um, Julia Vice replies on that on this side of the platform, it feels like laziness. We'd get strongly encouraged to run reach or broadcast type of campaigns more than intent makes more dollars. And I think CPG cli um, clients get the same advice. And yeah, Corinne continues with that saying, sometimes it is this way when you're at the top of the advertising mountain with your budget, Julia, I found myself running more rich campaigns as my clients are scaling two to three years. Usually um, Julia replies to that saying, yes, Omnichannel is cool, but I'm not thrilled about being encouraged to be less creative when there are more resources. Difference between planning seven channels versus one or two. Yeah, we've got um, quite a few responses to Julie and um, one is from Azim where he goes, yes, completely agree. I've not seen one, but I'd love to see a case study where mid-rolls, for example, have formed part of a successful campaign strategy. Wix or Monday.com, I'm looking at you. Ooh, called out. Um, we've got also Doug R. Thomas replying to that saying, I see it very differently. YouTube, I treat much more as commercials because of the long form content I watch where it's no biggie to have a 30 second ad in the the middle of an hour-long show but Facebook amplifies um, content with videos in my news, news feeds a lot of them yeah I know I also get Facebook amplifying a lot of, of content within my my video feeds and when they started doing that I didn't like it at all like I don't feel any of the intent really matched up Anyway, going, to, going on to question two, Corey asks, for B2B advertisers especially, um, have you tested the new lead form YouTube features? And if so, how did it perform for those that haven't? Why? And um, his answer to that is that we've seen mixed success, but where we find the lead form to work on Facebook, we usually find consistency on YouTube as well. Most impressive across all our efforts with YouTube lead forms ads is the quality of leads as well as new form functions. Functionality. And then we've got El Chase replying to question one saying YouTube's audience really wants to watch videos versus Facebook. The videos are interrupting and they're stalking for friends and family. Um, Melissa McKay, McKee replies to question two saying haven't tested lead forms yet. Not that many of our clients used use YouTube ads. We've pitched them a few times, but no takers yet. 
Julie Bicini replies to question two saying, I have not tested this, but I'm very interested in answers from you all who have. Main reason, not lack of video assets or client thinking YouTube is not where their customers are, much like the Facebook argument. Yeah. People on YouTube, everybody's on YouTube, especially during the lockdown and quarantines. Everybody is definitely on YouTube. Corey Hank then, um, actually no, Corey Hank has already answered question two. And I'll go to John Kagan, where um, he answers question one, saying the qualification of a view by skippability in my mind. And then we've actually had um, Julia Weiss replying to Melissa McKee's um, answer to question two, where she said, haven't tested lead forms yet. Not that many of our clients use YouTube ads and we've pitched them a few times, but no takers. Julia replies, I'm a little surprised. Video is great for SaaS and that's yeah, SaaS and um, explaining more complex products is the cost of video production. Is it the cost of video production? Melissa replies, yes, cost almost always, um, always the barrier. Um, Julia replies, fair, it's easy to make really crappy videos that are worse for the brand than no videos. Yeah, sometimes it's easier to just create that video that's not really great and it's actually better to not create the videos at all if it's going to be a crappy video. Um, Corey Hank replies to, um, gives us question three saying, in the last six months, have you experienced growth in your YouTube budgets or have you launched YouTube for an advertiser? Corey replies, we've experienced growth in our advertiser YouTube budget, specifically in the B2B space with their new lead form product, more e-com advertisers testing long form creative on the platform than the years prior as well. Rob um, Iannone replies saying launched an awareness campaign for a small business that just launched in March this year. Ouch. Then all their competitors had to close. They were able to make physical changes to their space to allow social distancing and remain open. Killed it over the next few months. Um, and yeah, Corey Henk was like this. We need to hear more, more cases, more case studies like this. Tell us more what industry category spend performance results. Oh, that sounds like it should, it could be a whole meeting, but let's see what he gives us. Rob goes local dog groomer, very low budget initially, initially getting three bookings a week. Once physical distancing measures in place, tripled budgets for YouTube and Google ads, videos showing how distancing work, um, works, mentioning it on landing page and ad copy, getting about four bookings a day. Um, for three times the budget, is it three times the budget? Uh, initially getting three bookings a week and um, one social distance in place, tripled the budget. Yeah, for three times the budget. Going from three bookings to four bookings, oh, to four bookings a day. Wow. So that's um, about, what, four times seven? That's 28 bookings. Oh, yeah, that's a proper big jump. So, yeah, very, very successful there. That, that looks very nice. Sounds very nice. Um, and so we got Julia Vice replying to question three saying, Corey, Corey, it's a pandemic outside. No budgets have increased in the last six months, but we are planning more in the fall. Oh, I feel Julia's pain there. <laughs> She's like, why are you asking about more budget? Nobody's giving us more budget. Um, and yeah, El Chase replies to question three saying, I was, I was, um, growing YouTube budgets until this thing called COVID hit. Even for accounts that are killing it, we had to increase budgets in other areas so much it reduced our video or testing budgets. Um, Dogar Thomas replies to question three saying we launched for two branding campaigns in the past two months and we're in the final stages for an e-commerce re-engagement campaign. Very stoked, though my expectation is more fuzzy than direct conversions. 
And then we've got Julie Bicini replying question three saying, not a lot of new anything happening in my clients. In my client world right now, don't see that loosening up much until the pandemic is fully in the rear view. Um, Pamela Lund replies, I have been doing more YouTube this year, but feel like it's so hard to show any impact with small to mid-sized budgets. Um, Janine Monico replies to um, question three saying, I had just started to scale up a YouTube strategy for a custom apparel company after great results from a custom intent audience. Then hashtag COVID uh, and then cry smiley face crying emoji even that's not a smiley face at all um john kagan replies to question three saying kind of our cost per view has dropped absurdly low so we are capturing more demand finally um and then yeah l chase replies to dog R. thomas's answer to question three saying we launched for two branding campaigns in the last two months and we're in the final stages for an e-commerce re-engagement campaign we're stoked though my expectations is fuzzy um l chase goes we were seeing increases in brand searches after doing some brand video campaigns it was fuzzy though but they were moving the needle yes that's that's also important it's also about going in the right direction instead of the final destination um and then we've got John Kagan replying to question three, saying, kind of, our CPV has dropped absurdly low. So we're capturing more demand finally. Um, and then, yeah, Dogar Thomas continues his answer to question three, saying, for one branding campaign, I'm really looking to do a brand or message awareness study using Google surveys. I'm chomping at the bit to do even crippled real marketing stuff over doing placement reviews. Haha. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, we've got Gori Henk replying to Janine Monico, when, where she had said, um, I had just started to scale up YouTube and then COVID happened. Um, Corey replies, stays positive. The results and data remain. Harvest that information, user behavior performance to better equip other platforms as well as YouTube when we are out of this mess. Um, and then, yeah, Scotty, Scott McKee replies, uh, McKay even replies to question three, saying we have increased YouTube spend as a TV network with free on-demand programming. It has been a great platform to reach people seeking entertainment and serving ads for TV series. Sean Ellie replies to question three, saying as most of my clients are e-com, we started to push for branding and YouTube as the virus hit. But unfortunately, only a few clients had the budget to test. We did see the decent results from those that did and in reply to um scott mckay um where he had said we have increased youtube spend as a tv network with free on-demand programming it has been a great platform to reach people seeking entertainment and serving ads for tv series yeah and um, julia vice replied great attitude scott don't forget to pass by device and see how much connected tv views you're getting on youtube it's a treat for tv style clients um and then yeah dogar thomas replies yo t um thank you i was trying to position youtube along with hulu as more ott than pre-roll to a client and totally forgot about this segmentation and julia vice um replies it went really well for a public sector clients i have right now their covid grant program needed a lot of clarity and exposure and our youtube buy or connected tvs really helped hmm. youtube buys and connected tvs that's 
very interesting. Corey Hankberg goes on to question four, um, going, what is the biggest hurdle for you or brand you work with when it comes to testing or scaling the budget for YouTube? Corey replies to this saying each advertiser has their own hurdle, but believe creative is the consistent roadblock when we discuss insert creative <laughs> agency. I think Corey wants us to name and shame here. Um, but yeah, it's um, a lot of things with social, a lot of things like video ads. It's big on creative. Um, whereas where things like paid search is more about the clicks and the, well, the keywords that you're bidding on and showing intent with, um, with social and, um, yeah, video ads is very much big on creative. John Kagan replies to question four saying 90% of the time it comes down to getting assets or, or proving bottom line. So yes, creative. Julia Vice says it's generally getting assets to try it all. Oh, and they recently changed the pricing for mastheads, effectively tripling the price. Boo, tripled. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Julia Vice continues. It went from a buy the homepage flat price to a CPM model. Y'all, it's a must masthead. Just give it a price. So rude. <laughs> Those are her words. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Corey Hank replying to Sean Ellie, where Sean had replied to question three, saying, and most of my clients are e-com. We started to push for branding and YouTube as the virus hit. But unfortunately, on, only a few clients had the budget to test, and we did see decent results. Corey replies, that's awesome. A lot of e-com uh, e over here as well. Value form a top funnel perspective value from a top funnel perspective continuing continuing to tweak the low funnel but learning at this cost is invaluable sean replied one, one of the most challenging parts for me is getting clients to see the value of top of funnel i've had um i have been showing the rise in branded searches product searches and other source traffic have you found with limited conversions um data and clients focusing on ROAS a good way to show value um and yeah he, he goes sorry we've already answered this um but I don't think it's been answered so yeah Corey goes no worries Sean we try to focus on top of funnel metrics outside of average impressions and clicks first web web behavior pages per session bounce rate time on site second social engagement earned views, subscribe, subscribers, likes. We then compare to other channels to qualify engagement audience. You see, he's the expert on this, definitely. And then Corey goes on to question five saying, speaking of creative, if you've worked on a YouTube campaign, can you tag your creative agency or internal team? We can't run our campaigns without them. Let's give them some credit. So yeah, going on the positive sides of this. And he gives a few examples saying, um, creatability, yeah, creatively, no, creatively. So C-R-E-A-T-A-B-L-Y.com. Um, there's stoicyeti.com. So S-T-O-I-C, yeti.com. Cosmicpictures.com. Molio, so M-O-L-I-O.com. Chamber.media. Um, and yeah, Scott McKee, um, McKay replies saying, I feel lucky to have a post-production department that I work closely with to cut promos every day. It has been fun. Um, helping break barriers down and get them thinking about social ads beyond linear TV promos. They have pumped, um, they have pumped out some rocking YouTube ads for our shows. So does anybody talk about their um, creative agencies? Let's see. <laughs> but no, let's start with, um, we still, we still got some answers to question four. Pamela Lund replies, yep, creative, creative, creative. Creating videos at a reasonable cost that look good is tough and most clients can create one, which isn't enough for testing. Been playing with the video builder tool and it's good for e-com small businesses. L Chase replies, creative, the brand will be happy with and not 
not cost them a small fortune. Part of them being happy is wanting to change. Brands are so used to being able to get back and forth with email or print creative 100 times video is different. Dogar Thomas replies to question four, um, saying my personal biggest hurdle is the inventory. So much junk, so much clout chasers. Audiences are a bit of a mess too because of the shared computers. And then we've got question six, because I said, yeah, nobody really mentioned anything about their creative um, agencies that they're working with. Um, but yeah, Corey gave his list. Um, so going on to question six, um, Corey goes, what are the best ways to evaluate a YouTube campaign with minimal conversion volume? And his answer is, first, earned views, CTR and CPC are great engagement metrics. Second, view rate, reach, cost per view, completion rate, all great view metrics. Third, is spending enough seeing any halo effect on Google trends or increased brand search impressions? Um, yeah, and I was like, I replied to that. I wish I could multiple, multiple like this one because it's all about knowing the metrics for the different um, campaigns that you're running um, to know whether, how to measure success, how to measure whether you're doing the right things or not at any one given time. Um, Julia Vice replies to question six, saying views, unique views, and how big an audience I can build for my RLSA campaigns. And then we've actually got, yeah, Tim Halloran, who replies to question five, saying Marty Weintraub, so that's M-A-R-T-Y-W-E-I-N-T-R-A-U-B, um, that's his handle, is the mastermind behind some of our most viral successes. We have a video we're using for... Um, TW and YouTube right now and the TWCTR rose to around 30% at one point in June for follower um, lookalike audience. Also, Joe Thornton has worked in video for a while. Um, Dara Thomas replies to question six, saying media mix studies we spent X amount of dollars more on YouTube and generated X percent more conversions than last year or month. I'd expect ramp up times for sure. Like I said, I'm always I'm also exploring direct brand awareness and message recall measurements, but it's all a bit fishy. Any recommendations? Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Julia Weiss continue her answer to question six, saying for branding campaigns, look for new channel subscribers too. And in reply to question six, we've got um, Scott McKay saying video views, CTRs and CPCs when the creative is right for that audience. We often see high CTR and that gives a great reference point in my reporting for the campaign. Um, and then we've got Corey going on to question seven saying, do you have a funnel or audience strategy when testing or optimizing your YouTube campaigns? His answer goes, our campaigns when managing are simple, top cost per view campaigns and max conversion or affinity audience. Mid would include any users who engaged, earned views in market and or intent audiences. Low, any users who has engaged on the website. Then it continues, but Julia Weiss brings up a great point again at the higher budget level, usually YouTube players, YouTube plays a role in the larger funnel strategy makes total sense. And a side question here from Pamela Lund was um, questions on view rate for y'all. I always look for a mid-range view rate. I feel like you've got too many people watching the whole thing. They probably aren't actually paying attention. I think active watchers skip at some point, even on good ads. What do you think? Julie replies, definitely. If your frequency is higher than one, even people who have already seen the ad and who like your brand will skip, in my opinion. Elchase replies, I agree. If the numbers are too high, I figure folks are just 
tuning it out. This is why I watch brand searches so much, but both organic and paid to see if we're seeing any movement. Um, Brian Garvin replies, my view rates range from high, high 20s to low 40s and a lot depends on the length of the video. One of the things I look at even more than view rate is watch time and average watch time per impressions. I have some campaigns. I'm getting an hour of content consumed for 83 cents. Matt Burgess replies, 75% has been our sweet spot generally depends on the video of course, yes, depends on a whole bunch of things, definitely, I'm sure. Um, and then, yeah, Julia Vice replies to question seven, saying, I think it's a good idea in theory, but we do our funnel strat across channels rather than within. So YouTube for upper funnel audience building, search DR for DR for conversion, search or DR for conversion. And then we've got El Chase replying to question six saying, I usually look at the engagement data for the videos. How long do they watch CTR, etc. I also watch the brand search trend to see if we're able to increase brand searches. And then we've got El Chase replying to question seven saying, absolutely. The message is different for people new to the brand or product versus someone who already knows your product. Optimally, you will create different audiences and tailor your message appropriately. Um, and then Corey Hank goes on to question eight saying, what is the preferred length for a YouTube ad? But before we get to that, Scotty McKay replies saying, not exactly a funnel, but I tested video and sequencing with a continued storyline for one of our TV series. If I felt it provided a great experience for the user and allowed a deeper engagement with the show over time prior to the premiere. Um, Julia Weiss replies saying, don't discount your different video assets. YouTube is good for long form, but six second bumpers can raise awareness like all get out. Um, take one long video and chop it down to 15 and six seconds. You've got a funnel in the making. Um, Julia Vice replies to question eight saying loaded questions. I like six and 15 seconds um, for promos, 30 seconds to one minute for brand building. And um, yeah, going on to um, El Chase's answers for question eight, he said, not a definitive answer, but long enough. If the video is too short, the customer could be left asking what, or if too long, you just lose them. Answer their question or solve their need and end it. It should be 15 seconds or 10 minutes, which is a complicated video. Dogar Thomas replies to question eight saying, do you love, love, love the creative? 30 seconds, follow all the TV ad rules of getting everything in the first five seconds, etc. Is the creative... Only okay, 15 seconds, effective five second spots are rare. I've seen stuff like two to five minutes and that's more along the content promotion angle. John Kagan replies to question eight saying minimum of 30 seconds for stretching a dollar the furthest. Um, actually, I don't think I give this answer to question eight from Corey. He says we promote longer form for new users, shorter form for engagement or web audiences. We found that the longer the video for a new user, the more the opportunity to become an earned view or completion and or click through. Um, Scott McKay replies saying ads get more um, charity water ads get um, ads get me Every time, seven to nine minutes, I think. And I have seen the video before. Must be some very good video then. Um, and then, yeah, Corey goes on to question nine, saying, I'm running my first YouTube campaign. What bit type should I test? Uh, John Kagan replies, manual CPV until you get a baseline. Um, Corey replies to that, saying, this depends on your goal. Views go for cost per view. Conversions start with max conversions. If the budget allows, you can test multiple bit types simultaneously. Google would disagree. <laughs> either bit types profit, um, either bit type priorities are the user more 
likely to take the action desired. I'll say that again. Either bid types prioritizes the user most likely to take the action desired. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, L Chase going on to question nine, um, answering question nine even, saying for a new account, I usually run a cost per view as we are starting to test. Um, and then we've got, um, yeah, Julia Vice replying to question nine, saying max CPV to start, max conversions if you have a strong funnel and tracking set up. Um, and then Corey goes, last question, if you could request any feature from YouTube, what would it be and why? Um, I don't know. I've not really been using YouTube a lot, so I can't really give an answer to that. But he gives a list saying where to start. One, search query and keywords data reporting and targeting improvement. Two, placement and channel targeting and delivery that works. Three, 10 second skip button. Four, in feed placement upgrades. And yeah, I don't think anybody really else had much more of um, a list there. But yeah, I think quite people, quite a few people were quite busy um, yesterday and came in and out of this chat. But there were some really good questions and really amazing answers given by Corey himself and some of our experts. And I'll even read this one tweet he put where he pretty much did a definition of um, the famous like acronyms that you'll get. So if you see YT, that's YouTube, obviously. CPV is cost per view. CPC, cost per click. CONV, conversions, GA, Google Analytics, AUD, audience, B2B, business to business, LP are your landing page, PPC, pay-per-click. Um, then he continues saying earned views users who see a YouTube ad then or, or then organically watch a video on YouTube page, on, well, on YT page even. Anyway, so we've got, um, yeah, Julie Bicini yeah, um, thanking us for this chat and thank you, Corey Hank, which is um, for this amazing chat um she will be hosting next week and she will be talking ccpa impact and strategies so cost per acquisition or something customer cost per acquisition i'd say that is that's another funny acronym i'm not sure i imagine it is customer um customer cost per acquisition but to know exactly what the acronym is and see if i'm right i say join us next week that'll be a very interesting one um to see so yeah i hope you found this talk very useful um but before i close off i will give us our answer to our question which was when did youtube when did ads start on YouTube? And the answer to that is January 2009. Um, and reading from here, um, it says in November, pre-roll advertising started playing before some content. That same month, the site announced it promoted videos. Um, and that was in January 2009. So I'd say, yeah, something started in, in November 2008, but promoted videos started in January 2009. I hope that, was, that wasn't a confusing answer and you got the answer correct so if you guessed november 2018 you were right if you guessed january 2009 you were right as well well if you guessed november 2008 you were right if you guessed january 2009 you were right as well so i hope you've gotten some great takeaways about this about youtube ads and have more confidence to um run it with your clients um but yeah if you want to talk about this topic or any other topic or any paid media or data analysis tools do get in touch with me by sending me an email at hello at mindswan.com um, or check us out on our instagram page which is which is at ppc chat underscore twitter underscore roundup to um, see some of the snippets to see some of the topics that we've talked about in the past um and yeah just to connect with us we'd really love more followers and remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface so keep your swans kicking bye